Okay, let's get started with Pasha's Yisro, Tavshin Ayin Hey, as we get into Kabbalah Satora, after having had Kriyas Yamsuf and Yitzias Mitzrayim. Now, Kabbalah Satora, and just start off with a Ha'ara, and that we usually know, think there's a last name, Siegel, any Siegels out there, and usually many times, not always, but many times the Siegels are Levium, because Segal is the abbreviation for Skan Levia. The assistant, Levium, who are assistant to the Kohanim. I saw in the Meotzerenu Hayashani, quotes from the Nachlas Yaakov, which is the, the Nesivas on Chumash, it's not actually in the Nachlas Yaakov, but it's quoted here, that maybe there's another reason where the name Siegel comes from, based on a Pasuk in this week's Parsha. The Paragutes in Pasuk Hay, where we have Kodesh <coughs> Baruch talking to Moshe Rabbeinu as a prelude, as an introduction to Maimed Harsinai, Moshe goes up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Har Sinai and says, Ko Yaakov, Please give this message to Am Yisrael. You saw what happened in Mitzrayim. I carried your wings of eagles. You saw everything that happened. So now please, if you agree to the following, so then we could continue. Jewish history could continue. Jewish destiny could continue. And we could have Kabbalah Satora. What's the message? What's the request HaKadosh Baruch Hu has? If you listen to me and you guard my bris, and you act as a treasured nation from amongst the nations, etc. We are called the Am Segula, the treasured nation. But we lost that distinction somewhat at Chet right? We kind of uh, had the crowns removed as the Gemara tells us, of Nasev and Ishmael, which we received when we said it in next week's parsha, Segula. So there's one Shevet that remained Segula. Segal, not Segula totally, but there's one nation that kept that, that didn't participate in the Cheta Egel, and that, of course, was Sheva Levi. So maybe that's another additional interpretation of where does Segal come from, from the word Segal, Segula, that they're connected, going straight back to Am Segula. We are all Am Segula, but we had a break in the middle from the Chayta Egel until the Mechila that took place, but suggests the Nachlas Yaakov in source number one uh, that this is another uh, idea. Lamito Shaldavar, he writes on line four, Mashma Acher, B'Sha'as Matan Torah, Nikru Kobede Yisrael, B'Toar Segula. We were all called Am Segula. Shemoshen Amar, V'Yisem Li Segula, Mikol Ha'amim, Avalachar Chayta Egel, Nomar B'Medrash, after the Chayta Egel, the Medrash says, Need tell me I'm Toar Zeh. It was taken away from us, but the Levim got it. Levim kept it, and therefore, uh, that is where the name might come from. Whether they are Levim, or according to this child, they have to be Levim, but uh, that is the one idea behind Siegel and Levi. Okay, now let's get back towards the beginning of the Parsha and get into uh, some discussion and some... Um, Hopefully, uh, interesting in Yonim tonight that we have on the agenda. Paragilches, Yisro hears. Yisro Kohen Midyon, Chosein Moshe, a lot of different titles that he has. The official title, the familial title. He hears everything that happens to Moshe and Yisrael Amo. Kiyotzi Hashem et Yomim Yisrael. So we'll get back to some of the details of that Pasuk uh, a little bit later. Ve'ikach Yisro Chosein Moshe. Yisro takes, um, Yisro Chosein Moshe takes a Sipora. Eishas Moshe takes his daughter after she was with him, and also her sons. What are her sons' names? We know this already from previously, but here they are again. One was named Gershom. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe and Sipora named him Gershom because they said, I'm a stranger in a strange land. I came to Midian. I don't know anybody. I'm a stranger. So, Gershom. Number two, V'shem ha'echad Eliezer. And the second son of theirs was Eliezer. Ki elokei avi be'ezri. Eli, my God, Ezer was a help for me. Moshe declares, God help me out. How did he help me out? V'yatzileni mechera paro. He saved me from the sword of paro. We only know this event from this Pasuk and not based on when it actually occurred. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu's running away from Mitzrayim after the incident with killing the Mitzri, Dasan Vaviram, we have no details of that in the Torah, in Parsha Shmos, or Va'era. But here, 
We have Vayatzileni Michera Paro, so Chazal Darshan here. What sword of Paro? Where did Paro have a sword trying to kill Moshe? So we know, Rashi quotes it here. Kishakilu Dasan Vaviram Advar Hamitsri, when Dasan and Aviram told Paro about what Moshe had done, Ubikesh Laharogis Moshe, he tried to kill Moshe, Naset Savaro Kamuchel Shayish. His neck hardens like a piece of marble, and the sword went in, couldn't go in, and in the hullabaloo and all, Moshe ran out and ran to Midian. That's what we know from this phrase right here. Not earlier, but Lady Mecherev Paro. Ask all the Mepharshim. Moshe Rabbeinu had two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. Which happened first? Which event happened first? Gershom, we know. Stranger in a strange land. We understand each of the names. But Eliezer happened before Gershom. First, Moshe Rabbeinu was saved from Midian, from Paro's sword, and then he ran to Midian, and he was a stranger in a strange land in Midian. He didn't feel like a stranger in the house of Paro, right? He was the prince. But uh, it's talking about Midian. So as for Moshe Feinstein, in source number two, amongst other Mepharshim, what, the order, the order seems to be the opposite. Source number two, tamua, paro Way before, many times. First he was saved, and then he ran to Midian. Moshe and Sipora should call their first son Eliezer, and their second son Gershom. Number one. Question number two. Vigam, and also, Eze Shevach Yeshbazeh, Shugar Ba'aretz Nachriah. Moshe Rabbeinu wants to eternalize this event. So Eliezer, we know, Hashem saved me. That's something to remember. That's something to memorialize. And yet here, what does Moshe say? I'm a stranger in a strange land. That, that's a name? That's a name for his son? What's the godless of that? That he's a stranger in a strange land? That, that, was, an, that was a curse. Right? In Brisbane, Abbasarim, you're going to be in a stranger in a strange land for many years. And yet here, Moshe chooses to name his son. V'gam eza shevach yesh bazeh, shuhugar ba'aretz nachriyah. V'chichas v'shalom, his own name, Moshe. Was Moshe complaining? Amidat Hashem Yisbarach? Amasha Asashi Yager? Was Moshe upset? Hatsur tamim pa'alo. Moshe wouldn't have complained. So number one, the order. Number two, Bichlal, what is meant by the uh, name given to Gershom? Ger ha'yisi be'eres nachriyah. And the answer that Rav Moshe gives is such an answer that it must stay with us for the rest of our lives, being in the time period that each of us are living today. This is a Yesod Gadol in the history that we are in now. Moshe didn't write it. Maybe he did have this in mind, but he doesn't say it. But the application and the messages of this Rav Moshe is, since 1945, something that has to resonate in each of us. Vahanachon, says Rav Moshe on line 8. Vahanachon bazeh. De Moshe nasan hodal, Hashem yisbarach, al zeh lo koach vidas, lios rager ba'eretz midyon, velo tosha. You know what Moshe's doing? By Gershom, thank you for helping me keep my identity in a strange land. I'm surrounded by Midianites. My father-in-law is the greatest Oved Avodah in the country. It might be a little difficult to keep his identity. Right after all, he was originally called the Ishmitzri, Hitzilanu Miyadaroim. So what is Moshe saying by Ger HaYisibarah Thank you for helping me remain a Ger. Thank you for not... Not making, not standing by me. Thank you for standing by me and helping me keep my identity, keep my Jewishness, keep my Judaism. It wasn't really Judaism yet. The Torah wasn't given yet. But at least keep my identity as a descendant of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Rager be'eretz midya v'lo toshav. She'ema yomakavon also besimcha toshav. The Midianites, wherever Moshe went, obviously he, he impressed people. People realized his godless. He had, he had charisma. He had he had um, he had a certain magnetic personality. They would have been accepted him. He would have been a ruler. Based on his abilities, the Midianites surely realize and recognize this, but he chose not to be mitarev, not to assimilate. 
He said, I want to be a ger. I want to be separate. So that answers question number two. Why is it such an important event that, oh, ger ha'yisi, thank you for helping me remain a ger. Thank you for not letting me assimilate and lose my identity. But now Rav Moshe says, so deep, but he calls the first son, Gershom, I kept my identity. I, the second chronologically, says Rav Moshe, was it worth it that Hashem saved me? Was it worth it that after all that Saris, he saved my life? Well, the only way to know is if later I kept my Jewish identity and I kept true to Torah and mitzvahs, that's Megala. That reveals retroactively Lamafreya that the salvation was worthwhile. That the salvation that Akadosh Baruch Hu saved my life was it worth it that Akadosh Baruch Hu did such a thing? Well, if I remain a Jew and I remain strong to my principles, then Lamafreya I realize that the salvation was worth it. So only because Ger Hayisi Beres Nachria now I appreciate Vayatzileni Micharev Paro, and now I realize that that is what is is uh, on the historical radar. Now I understand it was Kedai, the miracle, that Hashem did, that He saved him. If He would have been Misarev, if He would have mixed in, then what was the whole purpose of the salvation? Why with the Hatzalah? If the person, if the Jew is not going to remain a Jew afterwards, What's the purpose of, of, of saving me if I don't remain a faithful Ebed Hashem? So because he remained a ger, so now, Only now when we see ger ha'yisi, says Moshe Rabbeinu, so now I can look back and say, Hashem, it was worth it. Hashem, I remained an Ebed to you and a descendant of Avram Avinu. You know, in the in these times, obviously the Musar is is evident in this generation that we live in. The generation immediately and following after the greatest tragedy in the history of the Jews, the greatest percentage of Jews wiped out after the Shoah. We have to ask ourselves: So, was the salvation of the Jews that were left was it worthwhile? Was it Vayatileni Michera Paro? Any of the children and the grandchildren? Well, Ger Hayisi Beres If we're strong in our observance, if we're strong in our serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then we can look back and say Hakadosh Baruch Hu, yes. We can look back and say Ve'atzileni Michera Paro. The test is the generation post the tragedy. The test is the generation after the Tsaris. and we stay strong like Moshe Rabbeinu, Ger Hayisi Beres Whether it's physically Beres Nachria or even in Eretz Yisrael, we don't have a base Hamikdash. Ger Hayisi. If we keep keep in mind to be true to Torah and Avoda and Mitzvos, so then Lumafreya, we could say the salvation was worthwhile, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's divine plan was something that was in the best interest, our best interests, and of course His Kaviyachol as well. Okay, that gets us right into Parshas Yisro, and now we ask a question, another question. So what happens in the beginning of the parasha? Yisro hears. He comes and brings the family, as we just described. Says to Moshe, I am your father-in-law. Interesting, just in case Moshe didn't remember. I am your father-in-law. It's very formal introductions here. And your wife, your children. It's told to Moshe. Moshe Moshe goes out to greet him. There's an emotional reunion. They ask each other, how you doing? They come in, they come into the tent. And then what? Moshe tells his father-in-law everything that happened. Paro, Mitzrayim, Aladosi, Israel. Is Everything, all the Harpatkaot, all the adventures, all the trials and tribulations, everything that happened, Vayatzilim Hashem, Hashem saved us. Vayichad Yisro, Yisro, 
is besimcha, different pshatim, what vayichad is, but Yisro feels something now that he didn't feel beforehand. Right? It only says vayichad Yisro here. Ask the Mepharshim. What does the first pasuk in the parasha say? Vayishma Yisro. Yisro heard already. Yisro hears, he comes, Moshe tells him, and Yisro's like, wow. What, is it just more details? What did Yisro find out from Moshe that he didn't know previously? It says that he heard, and that's why he came. He schlepped himself out of Midian, and he comes to the desert. Where there's nothing there, he comes, he brings back Moshe's wife and kids. So he already heard, and Rashi quotes, Kriyas Yamsuf, Amalek, the Gorin Zvachem, on a third event that he heard about. So he heard everything already. So what did Moshe tell him again in Pasaches that he didn't know previously that has him have a new reaction, a deeper reaction? Vayichad Yisro, and Vayomer Yisro, and all of a sudden Yisro is Meshabeach HaKadosh Baruch Hu. After whatever Moshe Rabbeinu tells him, he says, Vayomer Yisro, Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzel Eschem Yad Mitzrayim Yad Paro, Baruch to blessed are you God, that... Saved Moshe, saved you from Mitzrayim and Paro, Asher, Hitzel, Osamu, Dachaz, Yad, Shemayim. Atoya, Dati, now I know. Ki Gadol Hashem, Mikol, Elohim. I know now. Ki Vadavar, Asher, Zadu, Aleihem. Chazal, say, Mida, Kneged, Mida. So again, what, what's the Hemshech of events? He hears about it, he comes, he hears about it again, and all of a sudden he gets very emotional, and he thanks Hashem. What did he hear about the second time that he didn't hear about the first time? We will see, spend some time on this tonight, four answers to this question. Four answers, four suggestions by the Mepharshim, uh, how to answer. We will not go in historical order. We'll do a couple of contemporary, and then we'll go, and then we'll go back in time. So we start off with Sefer that we were introduced with to a couple of weeks ago, and that's the Shalhevis Yosef. The Sefer ran by a Talmud of Ravavadi Yosef, who has a thought on the Parsha, and then ten pages of stories about Ravavadia relating to that thought. But we're just going to do the thought in source number three. He asked this question, the earliest one that I saw asked the question is the Klayakar, which we'll get back to uh, in, uh, in a couple of moments. But first we'll have a contemporary. Yesh line number one. Why was Moshe, why was there a need to say everything over again? He already knew everything. Commotion Emmer Batrilas Aparsha Vayishma Yisro Yisro already heard. It's Kalash Rasalakim Lamosha. So Rashi already quotes. So what did he hear? So the Shalhevis Yosef himself has two answers. Two answers. Answer number one, line seven. But Pashtusef Sharliashev, Shemitrila Kishama Yisro is Divri Hanisim. Kibelasadvarm Lafid Darkaso, Bibachinas Shuva Miyira. He hears about it, and he's awed by God. He's Bayira. Wow. The Makos. Look at the terrible punishments that occurred. He's scared. He's in awe. That's one level. He hears all about it. Right? That's mitzvah number four in the Sefer HaMitzvos. It's not mitzvah number three. It's mitzvah number four. Moshe tells it over, but from a different vantage point. Avas Hashem. We'll get back to his Hashem in the in the Klayakar. Similar, but he says, Yeras Hashem, Avas Hashem. A different perspective. Don't focus so much only on the punishments, but focus on how much Hashem loves us. And Hashem loves all mankind. Zos me'ahava. The higher level. Mitzvah number three in the Sefer Mitzvah is Chuba me'ahava. Like we know, Reish Lakish tells us in, in, in Mesechah's Yuma, line 11. Gedola tshuva. Shizdonos nasas lo kishkagos. Tshuva is great that the donos turn into shkagos. That's tshuva me'ava, the higher level. We mentioned a number of years ago from the Minchas Chain. And it's Agada, what does it mean, tshuva? Or in his commentary, I'm sorry, on the, on the Ramah, Menuchas tshuva. Why does Reish Lakish make sense that Shuva Meira makes Donos become Shkagos, but Shuva Meava makes Shkagos even become Mitzvos? So explains the Minchas because if I'm doing it Meira, I'm just scared of the punishments. You know what Hashem says? Okay, you don't get a punishment. I'll consider it a show gig. But Shuva Meava is that I'm upset that I did it at all. So Hashem, I, I'm upset that I that I made Hakadosh Baruch Hu upset. I love Hashem, so Hashem takes it away in the first place. But that's the power. Of tshuva me'ava. 
Shaharei ba'avon zeh. She says, avon zeh mezer, because of Korla Mishro. And therefore, suggests the Shalheves Yosef, answer number one, Yisra heard about it, he was just awed by the events. But then afterwards, he became um, onto the level. He reached the level of Shuvah Me'ava after he heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Answer number one. Answer number two. The Yosef Nira Lataretz on line 16. Yosef Nira Lataretz, he quotes the Gemara. Quotes the Gemara, and again, he's going to lead up to the answer, which he quotes from Revolbi, but um, first he has a lead up to that. He quotes the Gemara of Azar Dafiralif. We mentioned in the past the story of Unculus. Unculus Barclonimus. What happened, Unculus, we know, was a non Jew who converted. You know, the uh, Caesar sent a bunch of soldiers. Get, get Unculus back, please. Please, I can't have this. It's such a chilul of the Malchus. You have such a person who converted to Judaism. I can't, I can't have this. What do they do? They go, and Unculus starts talking to them, and they all convert. And the Caesar then tries again. We know the story. Don't talk to him in Torah. Nothing. Don't talk to him in Torah. Rocky Crew, just call and tell him to come. When he comes, he says, you know, can we just schmooze? Not about Torah. About like life. They say, sure, we were only commanded on in Torah. And he gives the mashal of the different levels of people in the army. Who services who? A private services a captain. A captain services an officer. An officer services a ge- general. A general services the head of the armed forces. Each one services the one up. Says Oculus, isn't it interesting that HaKadosh Baruch Hu at Kriyas Yamsuf at last week's Parsha, he held the fire protecting us, the greatest general in the world, the CEO of the world. He he cared about his the little privates. Wow. So they convert also. So that group also uh, goes to waste in the days of the, in the, uh, in the Gemara. So the... Caesar then says, you know what, go, says the final group, and says, don't talk to him at all. Don't say a word to him. We know, the top of page, uh, source number four now, turning over the page, on he doesn't talk, he's leading, leading him out the door, and as he leads him out the door, we know the story, he puts his hand on the mezuzah. And they can't hold themselves back, and they say, what's that about? Why are you putting your hand on the door? And Amrulo, well, I, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk to you. They're like, no, 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 come on. They, they, their curiosity can't get the better of them. Please tell us. So Uncle says to them on the top of source uh, line number three. Normal kings, normal presidents, they're on the inside and the servants are on the outside and they protect the secret service. And Hashem, he is on the outside. He stays on the outside all night. Hashem guards us. You see the mezuzah? Hashem's guarding them. Amis are on the inside. Wow. So they all convert and they give up hope. The Caesar gives up hope. He doesn't send. Fine, that's the Gemara. The question is, how is it that we see a mezuzah a thousand times a day? Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't affect us. We just walk through. And all of a sudden, these Roman generals who didn't have any background, any education, they talk to Uncleus, and all of a sudden, Uncleus, boom, he converts them. What, what's the difference? What's the difference? We, we're just used to it? Line 9. Many of our nation, right? Nobody, nobody does tshuva. Nobody uh, is uh, involved at all. Nobody gets the message of the mezuzah. So what is it? Says Revolbi, line 11. Says Revolbi, Many times, there can be a great thought, even something that we've heard four times, but when somebody, there's a gavarabba that says it over, all of a sudden we're inspired. There can be something that we know already, but all of a sudden there's somebody that we connect to. Somebody with the Koach Adibur that says it. Ooh. Never. I have, I've known that Gemara ten times, but I never I never looked at it in this light. I never thought about it from that perspective. It's all in the Koach of the one who's talking. 
So that's Uncleus. Uncleus had a koach, not just the mezuzah. It was giving over the message of the mezuzah. Dahainu line thirteen. Shafilu im shomint varam shem shutim. Even if something's obvious, imem yotzim ipi adam gadol. If it goes out from an adam gadol, hadvarim osim roshim gadol, it makes a tremendous impression. Says Revolbi. Now using the Shalavis Yosef says, why did Yisro hear? And then what did Moshe tell him again? He knew it already. Moshe repeats it, and after Moshe repeats it, he says, "Wow." What do you mean, wow? He knew everything already. What's 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 Moshe adding? Same events, but it was Moshe talking. When Moshe says something, it's different. It's not just hearing it through the grapevine and hearing it through the through the uh, the uh, midbar the midbar newscasts. No, it was Moshe Rabbeinu talking. Says that's obviously you hear it from Moshe. It's enodome, enodome. But when he hears it from Moshe Rabbeinu, nothing like it. And he says, Vinoda, he ends off the thought by saying that the, it's known that the Achiezer of Chaim Ozer, the Godol, uh, the Godol girl from the previous generation, of Ochanom Wasserman, many times they would go listen to the Chavetz Chaim talk even if he was talking about pushing things, he was talking to the, to the young people. They would go listen to him. Why would they listen to him? They knew everything he was going to say. No, no. It's the Chafetz Chaim talking. The Chafetz Chaim is talking, I'm going. I don't care if he's giving a shear on something that I heard from him four times. I know the topic. doesn't matter. The Chafetz Chaim is talking. I'm going to go because I get to get a lot out of it. Answer number two. So again, answer number one. What did Yisrael hear more the second time than the first time? Answer number two is based on Ravobi. Look who's talking. Look who's talking. Moshe Rabbeinu is talking. Enodoma hearing it from the grapevine versus hearing it through Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Answer number three. We get back to the Klayakar. The questioner. The one who asked this question in the first place. Source number five. But in his classic sense, the Klayakar says, let's read the Psukim a little closer. One of the great darshanim in our history, Prague, 1500s, says the Klayakar, what does the Torah say about what they heard? Yes, question one is, what did they hear? What did he hear again? What did he have to hear? But now let's focus on the Psukim. What did he hear first? What did he hear second? Let's read the Psukim. Vayishma Yisro, Pasag Aleph. Vayishma Yisro, what does he hear? Is kol asher asoy elokim l'moshe uli Yisrael amo. Everything... That happened to Moshe and Yisrael. That what? What happened? That he took the Jews out of Egypt. Pasuk Aleph. That he took the, what's the story that happened to the Moshe and to the Bnei Yisrael? He took them out of, out of Mitzrayim. Okay, then he goes. And then he comes. What does Moshe tell him? Let's read the Pasuk. Pasuk Ches. Vayisafer Moshe lechosno, Eis kol asher asa Hashem, Yisrael. Little different, different focus, says the Klayakar. What did he hear about before? Everything that Hashem did to Moshe, to Yisrael, that's like the title. But Lamaisa, what? Ki, ki, that? Hoti has Hashem, Yisrael, Yisrael. He took the Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. Took the Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. What does Moshe tell him? Everything that happened to Paro and Mitzrayim. Don't say a word about anybody going out of Mitzrayim. Everything that he did to Paro and Mitzrayim, Alodos Yisrael, regarding the Jews. And Yisro says, Whoa. And Yisro is like, Wow. He realizes, and the continuation of the Psukim. So the Klayakar not only asks, What did he hear again? But this is already the beginning of the answer. If you look closely in the Psukim, there's a different focus. First, he hears about what happened to Kihotzi that Bnei Yisrael left. And number two, he hears about what happened to Mitzrayim. There's other differences we're not going to read. I'll just mention the question. We're not going to read the answer inside, but know that the Klayakar also uses his answer. To answer this question, the different names of God that are used the first time and the second time. The first time, Kihotzi Yudke Vavke. Kihotzi Hashem es Yisrael mi Mitzrayim. Yudke Vavke took us out. And then we have later on, what's the Pasik, what's the uh, uh, name used? Right? It's, it, uh, it switches. First you have Shem Hashem, and then you, first you have Yudke Vavke, 
And then you have in Pasuk Yud Aleph, Atoya Dadiki Gadol Hashem, Yud Gevavke, Mikolha Elokim. So the Klayakar also busies himself with the different names of Hashem. But either way, let's focus on what he heard differently and the first Chilik. Line 27. Let's start with that. Let me give you a little introduction, says the Klayakar. Ha'achasi, number one. Shahat Sadikim, oh, this is relating to the Shemos of Hashem. So we'll just read it, but then uh, we'll get to the second one, which is uh, crucial crucial for us. Sadikim are able to overturn the Mida of Din justice, Lorachimim to compassion. Farisham Risham do the opposite. Okay. Hashniahi, line 30. Shebizmana, who at that time in history, and other times in history as well, there are many people out there that make a mistake. They make a mistake. What's the mistake? A theological mistake. There are two gods. Two gods upstairs. There's the God, the source of all goodness in the world, and God, the source of all evil in the world, and they compete with each other, and that's what that's what life is, says this belief, right? And that's what your Navi was going against in Eicha, right? Same source, but either way, there was this belief out there. According to this heretical opinion, they're both weak. Because they're both in competition with each other. The one who can do bad can't do good. Out of his power. Philosoph, right, he quotes, he quotes Mane, he says in the footnote, Philosoph Kadmon. Upshita line 37. It's very difficult to accept one of these gods because you don't want only bad. And the good one that has no control over the bad. So it's hard. Vaha Moshel Hotovos, and also the one who's Moshel and good. The power. And the Moshel Alatovos has no power to do evil even against people who are wicked in life. So it doesn't make sense to worship him either. So it's difficult to have this kind of belief. If there's a power over good and a power over bad, because they're both not all-powerful. Here we go. Al-Kain, line 45. So what does Yisrael first hear about? He hears about what happens to Moshe and Yisrael. He hears about the goodness. He's like, oh, the God of good. Okay, the God of the Jews must be the God of good. Adayin lo shama ki imenatovos. He hears about the good. Ki lo Moshe uli Yisrael. Hey Tiv, v'chol minei tova. Wonderful. Afo pisha shama kriyasi afo muhamas amalek. Even though, yes, he heard about the Yamsub, he hears about Amalek, but the focus that he hears is that they were saved. He didn't hear so much about the destruction of the enemy. He heard that B'nai Yisrael made it out safely. Did he hear about the other, the, the Mitzrayim, Sus Farokfo Ramavayam? He might not have heard about that. He only heard about they were saved. Mikol Makom Lo Shama Kima Shenikra Hayam, turning over Li Yisrael, Falchu Bayabasha. They went on dry land. Avalo Shama Dayin, Tfias Paravachelo. Also Amalek. Right? What is the first positive one to hear about? Kihotzi Hashem. As he saw me Mitzrayim. He hears about the goodness. He hears about the Tova, the Yitzia. Line six, Vachashav Yisro, Shama Alohaze, Eino Moshe Kimalatovos. This Jewish God is the God of good. Vadai Lohe He wasn't ready to convert. He didn't reach the level of Vayichad Yisro yet. Kichashav Shema Yeshalohim Kadomi Menu. Hamoshel Alatovos Valaros Kechan. Maybe there's a more powerful power that is Moshe on both. Why did he come first? He came to give the family back. You know, my daughter wanted to bring her back to her husband. You know, my son-in-law, he's a great guy. You know, get his family back. You know, he's had a tough, tough time. He didn't come to convert originally. But here's what happened. Wow. 
They're in a good state. But then he comes to Moshe. Moshe brings him into the tent. And what does Moshe tell him? Is call Asher Asa Hashem Lafaro Lamitzrayim. What he did to Paro also. No, this is kind of, if you think about it, the opposite of the first approach that we had. That first was Yira and second is Ava. This is kind of saying the opposite. First year is about the goodness. And now here's, it's called Asher Asa Lafar Lamitzrayim, Dainukola, Rose Vahamakos, Asher Polashem and Mitzrayim. He hears about Makas Bechoros. He hears about Dever. He hears about Dam. He hears about Krias Yamsuf. Then, Oz Rav and he hears that. He realizes that this God is in charge of both. He says, Now I know. Not earlier. Now I know. I realize this. But then he adds gobbles. Then he says, How did Yisro know? Maybe there were two gods. Maybe there's one power doing the tovos. And one power doing the one power doing the rose. If he believed in that, it wasn't so far fetched. Maybe both guards are working with the Jewish people right now. Both powers. So he says, no, it's answered in the pasuk. What does he say? Baruch Hashem, right? And he says, Atoyadati ki badavar asher zadu alehem. And what does Chazal say? Mida keneged mida badavar asher zadu alehem. What does Rashi say? They saw with their astrological signs that the downfall of Am Yisrael was going to have with, come with water later on, Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, by hitting the rock, but they were lost with water. Yisro sees that and realizes the Badavar Sherzadu Alemi realized it's the same power. There's no one good, one bad. It's the same source. Vishema Tomar, line. Seven, line 18. Maybe there's one for the good, one for the bad. He says, no. As the Medrash goes through, each and every maka was specifically tailored to be a punishment commensurate with what the Mitzrayim did to us. It must be because the one that's punishing the Egyptians is out for the good of Am Yisrael. That's the only reason why it would be like this. If it was just a god of bad, let him just punish them. Period. What does that have to do with what happened to the Jews? This shows ki Hashem Elokim. I understand ki If it was just rose, let him just do any rose. And that's why only now. Vayichad Yisrael Kol Atova, line thirty-seven. He already heard about the Tovos, but he didn't even realize the source. Only now he says, "I'm ready to convert. I'm ready to convert now." The Hiskir, and he says. At the end, he says, regarding the Tovos, he uses the Lashon Elohim, because Moshe Rabbeinu switches the Midas Hadin to Midas HaRachamim, and obviously Parah and the Mitzrayim do the, do the opposite. Answer number three to our question. What did Yisro hear? Yira Ta'ahava, number one. And number two, who's talking? Number three, we have the Ra'os, the Tovos, and now the Ra'os, all one source. One final one final suggestion, also picking up on a change in language, change in wording. And that's back to the Sefer that we like to quote from the Shvi Chaim, Rav Chaim Al-Aziri, the Rav, from Canton, Ohio, in the uh, early part of the 20th century. Says the Shvi Chaim. source number seven, he asked the same question. And he says, look in the Klayakar, we did. Now we have to have his answer. Line five, source number seven, Vihine. They were two great leaders at the same time period. Overlapped. Shaul and David. The first and second, or possibly first and third king. Shaul was the first. Maybe Shaul's son for a little bit, but Shaul and David. Same time. Let's compare and contrast them. Says the Shvile Chaim, based on Chazal, which are based on the Psukim in Sefer Shmuel. Shaul and David. Ulam chayeim hayashoneh, their lives were totally different. 
Imaves Shaul Mesa Gamhash Pa'atola Olamim. Shaul's influence died with him. When he committed suicide or either was killed, depending on the version of the story that one has, he was finished. Ve'ilu David Melech Yisrael Chayvakayim. David is eternal. Koach shil tono avar lezoach harav. David's malchus is passed down from generation to generation all the way to to Mashiach. To Mashiach. Mashiach. What does the word Mashiach mean? Anointed. Anointed going back. He's David HaMelech. David HaMelech's family. It's eternal. Why was David Zoha? He was a chosen one, but he had to have earned it also. Why was David Zoha and Shaul, who was called a tzaddik when he was became king, what's the difference? Let's look. We'll learn a lot for what does it mean to be a Jewish leader. There are two types of leaders the Shilei Chaimah is going to tell us. In a word, there are manhigim and there are munhagim. There are leaders and there are those who are led. That's, in a nutshell, the difference between David and Shaul. Shaul might have been a tzaddik, but he was not a successful leader. Why did Shaul lose the Malchus? Look in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Tezvav, the Haftorah for Parsha Zachar, which we'll lay in about a month. Shmuel Hanavi Bo El Shaul B'Mitzvah Hashem L'Mchos HaZamalek. Shmuel comes with a clear cut sivui to Shaul, wipe out Amalek, destroy them. Do not have Rachmanes because they want to kill us. They want to kill us. So you got to take, you got to defend ourselves. Ulam, what does he do? Lehefach mi mitzvah zu. Vayachmol Shaul vehaam al agag vialmetav hatzon vahabakar. Shaul has Rachmanes. Shaul has Rachmanes. Chazal even tell us in Mesechas Yuma, if one has in-placed Rachmanes, that will lead to in-placed Achzarius, which we know he has Rachmanes on on um, Amalek, and later on he massacres a city of Novi Erako on him. That's the, the Gemara. But he has Rachmanus. When Shmuel comes to Shaul, Shaul does not think he did anything wrong. Shmuel comes and says, how are you? What does Shaul say? Baruch HaTol Hashem. Hakimosi is Dvar Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I give myself a little pat on the back. Thank you. Thank you very much. V'kasha Shmuel sho'el oto berogez. And when Shmuel asks him sarcastically, Umak umekol hatzon hazeh ba'oznoi, what's this, I hear some sheep, I hear some uh, some cattle. He says, Asher chamal ha'am. We mentioned this in past years. Shaul keeps blaming the nation. They wanted it. Asher chamal ha'am. Oh, you're right, Shmuel, but it wasn't my fault. Zosomeris ha'am ratzabakach. What am I supposed to do? Even though it says that he also had Rachmanus, he doesn't take the responsibility. Somebody who, who shirks the responsibility and the blame and says it was their fault. Wasn't my fault. He doesn't have enough to stand up for his own principles. Someone else, that's a munhag. That's not a manhig. And therefore he lost the malchus. And it was ripped away from him just as he ripped Shaul's beged, Shmuel's beged, as he walked away. You got to lead. You can't be led, says Shmuel. That's Shmuel. That's Shaul. David is very different. Again, what does David do? David focuses on what he thinks is right. We even know by Yirav Ba'aret, as it's described. There's a three-year famine, year after year, and they don't know why. David asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the end of Shmuel Beis, Shana Achar Shana. First he wanders, and the Gemara elaborates on this in Yavamis, in Dafayin Hay. Next page in source number eight on top, he says, Avodazara, they checked, no Avodazara. Bodkuvalomatsu. Shniya, he says, Ovriavera, Znus, 
Badzku Vlomatsu. No. Check thirty says Shema. Postgate stucca barabim yeshbachem. Are people promising they're gonna give stucca and they're not giving? Also nothing. They don't find anything. What does David do? It must be me. Ain't Hadavar Tali Elabi. It must be me. I must have done something wrong. And he analyzes and he analyzes and he realizes he counted the people inappropriately. But he he looks inside. Dugma Niflashal Tohar Lev David Nitenaskan. He could have blamed what? You think other people were more perfect than him? He looks inside and takes the blame. He could have put the famine, the reasons for it on the tzibur, even if he didn't find anything. Ah, bitol Torah, ah, this, ah, that, sinaschinam, many other excuses he could have done, but he doesn't. He says, it must be me. He takes, he takes the blame. That's a manhig. Somebody who, when things are going wrong, he takes the blame. And when things are going right, as we'll see, he gives he gives the the response the the credit. He takes the blame and he gives the credit. That's what a manhig is. That's what a leader of Am Yisrael is. He says, What is a manhig? He feels it. He feels it, but it's not a personal feel. He feels it as part of the Am. I only have it because of what the Am is doing and what the Am is earning. Because he loves the Am so much. Quotes on line 24, Moshe Aaron Bekoanov, Shkulim Hayushnayim, Bechibasam Shalaam. They loved it. That's David. And that's Shaul. By the way, David as well does not care about what the Am thinks. Remember when he was dancing in the parade when he brings this, the Aaron back to Yerushalayim and his, his wife, the daughter of Shaul, says, what are you doing? My father would never have done such a thing. And David responds, exactly. And that's why he lost the Malchus. Because he's worried about what the Am is thinking. And David, the Akachimoni there, adds in a couple of sentences in the conversation. I do what I know HaKadosh Baruch Hu would appreciate. So now we get back to our discussion. Line 24. How does this answer the question again? What did Yisro hear? Moshe v'aron v'kohanav shkulim hayu yishneim b'chibasem shalaam u'bita'agal l'garol o'kvodo u'bazet safun pitaron l'sheila in here is hidden an answer. Yisro amnam yada mikfar gulas Yisrael Yisro already knows he hears about Yisro Amalek but he thought it was all about Moshe. He thought I have a great son-in-law. What does the Pasuk say at the beginning? Again, picking up on the difference. A focus is Moshe. It's all about the individual and because of Moshe's chuyos, it has an effect on the Am. What does Moshe answer? Does not mention himself. It's nothing to do with me. It's because of the Am. Because of the Am. And Moshe says, give them the credit. Give them the credit. Yisro hears this and says, it's about the Am. I want to be part of this Am. It's not just about you. I thought it was about you. Part of the Am, he says, I'll... I'll be part of this Am. And that's the Vayichad Yisro. He hears about everything that happens to the Am. Right? It's Vayichad Yisro. Baruch Hashem, Sheyitzel HaZeschem, Yemesom, Yeparo, Sheyitzel HaZeschem, Vitach HaZeyad Mitzrayim. Atoyadati, I know. And he realized that it was Karbanas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nothing to do with Moshe anymore. That's the difference. Whether he thought it was a personal, individual, merited salvation, or... It was something to do with the entire, with the entire Am. Okay, moving right along. Next question that we've dealt with in the past, but let's get into it again. The Gemara tells us of Masechah Shabbos, Tafpeches, Tafpetes. Let's get into Maimon Arsini now. We have to. It's Parshas Yisro, and the Gemara tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shemayim, it was not without controversy. It wasn't that when he went up and it was all smooth. He went up. And there was an argument. Right? What happens? Moshe says, Moshe doesn't say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's time to give you the Torah. The Malachim say, no way. The angels say, no, we're keeping it. 
We're keeping it. Again, every line, every word of this Gemara, this imagery is so beautiful. And we focus on different uh, different uh, words in the past. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Moshe, you answer them. Moshe says, I'm scared I'm going to be burned up with the fire that comes out of their mouths. Hashem says, this is source number nine, I give you the Gemara again. Hashem says, Hold on to my kisei covered. Hold on to my throne of glory and give them an answer. Whatever that means. And Moshe says, okay. Were you in Mitzrayim, angels? Lo signov. Do you have an issue of stealing? Lo sirtzach. Do you kill each other? Right? Lo sachmod. All of them. You have parents? And Moshe goes through the list of Aseris Hadibros and proves to the Malachim that, you know, it's nothing to talk about. What are you, uh, what are you trying to do? And at the end, they're like, okay, fine. Fine, line 18, Miyad Hodalala Kadesh Barachu, they admit, you're right. And the Kasha that is asked by all the Mepharshim is, what was the Havamina? The Malach, what did Moshe tell them that they didn't know already? The Malachim know what it said in the Torah. What were they adding? What were they adding to this Gemara? So, two answers for tonight. Again, there are many answers to this question. Two answers for tonight. Answer number one is from the Dubna Magid, source number 10, quoted in the Bithinia Torah, and as is his wont, he gives a marshal. There was a big city that they had a rav. There was a great rav who was getting on in years. It's getting on in years. He was very famous, very public figure. He came, he asked, and... You know, he's reaching that age. He says, you know what, it's, it's, I, I need to cut back. I'm not going to retire totally, but you know, there's a, uh, a little city next 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 to uh, this one. I'm just going to go there. I'll have a little shtibel, I'll have a little bit, and I'll give some drushes, but you know, i got to have to cut back. So he goes to the board of the big shul, and realize, they realize they love him, they, they do it out for his benefit, they're like, okay, fine, we understand. We'll give you some, comp- we'll give you some, uh, you know, some uh, severance. We'll give you some, uh, no, a little bit of, uh, you know, after you leave, fine. Okay. But he, Ayom, and the day comes for the people of the small city to come, and they come, and they come with a wagon, and they uh, line 17, and they, the, the rabbi's about to go, go on the wagon. All of a sudden, the board and all the townspeople go in front of the wagon and say, no, no, no way. No way, you're not going. They're like, no, I have to go. We already had it. Look, you're not going. I'm sorry. I don't want you to be on here. You're going to go. Why? Why are you doing this? No, chas v'shalom, we're going to let you leave. Chas v'shalom. He's like, no, please, we agreed. We agreed. You really want to go? Okay, fine. Okay, fine, we'll let you. We'll let you go. And they go. So he says, I don't understand. A second ago you were screaming. I mean, I'm going. But a second ago you were screaming. But now, what you, they're like, of course we don't want you to leave, but we realize you have to leave. But we don't want anybody to think that we really wanted you to leave. So we're make we're, we're letting you, but we have to make a big hafkana. We have to make a big protest as you leave to make sure that nobody realizes that we don't really want you. We want you. We wish you would stay. But we know this is all you have to do. So that's why you could go. Says the Dubna Magin. The Malachim knew the Torah wasn't for them. They knew it wasn't Torah for them. They learned it on some level in Shemayim. So they realize, but right before it's taken, they have to put up a fight. They have to say, no, 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 we want it, we want it. No, no, okay, fine. Just to show that they also realize the precious nature of the Torah. They also realize the godless, the unique beauty of the Torah, even in Shamayim, even where it's, so to speak, not Lamaisa. It's Lahawacha Velo Lamaisa, but that's what they had to do. The Malachim shouldn't think, should, didn't want B'nai Yisrael to think that they didn't value the Torah. So that is why, that is why they, uh, they, they made this, they made this fuss before it was given. But then we have another idea. I think we might have quoted this Shavuos time one year. I don't think we've quoted this in, uh, Yisrael. I don't think so. I might be wrong, but either way, it's a, uh, it's worthwhile to, to review. Another mashal from the Ben Yehoyada. Ben Yehoyada, the Ben Ishchai. Also quoted here in the Pinini HaTorah. Pinini HaTorah. There was a, say the marshal outside, there was a Ashir. It was a rich man that had a couple of sons. A couple of sons. And Pamachas, 
He says he sent, I heard the story originally, it was also uh, the mashal, that the father died and left some fancy jewelry in a, in a uh, robe. And here he says there were two sons, he just sent them a present. Either way, there was a gorgeous jewel, it was a fortune in a robe. And, there was, and he sent it to his son. And the question is, which son did this rich man have in mind that should get the present? So the Bezdin, the, 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 the sons want to do the right thing. And so each son comes to Bezdin and, and pleads their case. So the oldest son comes to Bezdin and says, you know, you're, um, right, you're, oh, uh, royal judge. You know, I, you know I, I realized that our father loved all the sons, but you know what? I'm his oldest. I'm his Bechor. I made him a father. You know, he, he must have meant me. Because, you know, this is, um, I, 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 was, I was with him all the years, wherever he lived, I was there with him and mommy, yeah, must be me. The Rudge is like, makes sense, makes a lot of sense, okay, let me, let me hear what the other sons have to say. So the next son comes in, the middle son, and says, right, very, very, makes a lot of sense what my older brother said, but you know what, I've been taking care of dad all these years. I take him to his doctor's appointments. I, 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 I wait on him and I, I feed him and I clothe him. I obviously means me. I'm the one that's been caring for him all these years. Judge is like, oh, also makes sense. Also makes sense. So the youngest kid's turn. The youngest Shaw gets up and says, your judge, I've known my father the shortest. I haven't been with him all the years. I'm not old enough to be able to clothe him and feed him. But you know what? I have an idea. He put the jewels in a robe. Who does the robe fit? Whoever the robe fits, that must be the child that he wants to give the pearls. And it fit the youngest son, and the youngest son takes the jewels. Says the Ben Yehoyada, there are so many levels of interpretation of Torah. Pshat, Rem, Ezrash, So, this Pardes. The Malachim didn't want the Pshat, obviously, though, Sirtzach, Lo, Sinaf. That's Shaykh to them. They couldn't, they can learn Torah, but they can't live Torah. So the Malachim were saying, but we want the trash, we want the sod. Keep it here. What does Moshe Rabbeinu answer them? You can't have the, the remez and the sod without the pshat. The pshat of the lavush. The jewels are garbed in the clothing, in the robe. If you, the robe doesn't fit you, you can't have the secrets that are inside of it. So the Malachim knew, but Moshe says, the first step in Torah is pshat. If it doesn't fit, then you can't have it. That was the Havamina of the Malachim. And this is what the answer is. Line 22, although at the end, He says, no. He says, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit you. And therefore, it is something that you can't, you can't have. Okay, number two. Oh, I did give you a third answer here. I forgot that I put it on. The base Halevi in source 12. I'll just mention it quickly because I want to... Uh, actually, you know what? Let's, uh, let's skip it for right now because I wanted to get to the other thoughts for the evening. But the base Halevi has a third idea about the Koach Tadarshin. The Koach Tadarshin, the Torah. And it's only allowed for people who live the Torah then they can darshan the Torah. Beautiful answer. It's source number 12. But Od Chazon Moed, we'll save it. We'll save it. I wanted to get to two other thoughts though. Number one, last page. Shabbos. Shabbos, Debor number four. We're going to talk about Debor number four and Debor number ten. Debor number four is Shabbos. Zohar Shabbos Shabbos Lakadcho. Keep Shabbos Sheshes Yavim Tavot, etc. Losazach Hamalacha. Ki Sheshes Yavim Asar Hashem Esrem Esaretz. Tzielanus Kasher Bam. Vayonach Vayom Hashvi. Hashem rested on the seventh day. Ask the Arachayim Hakadosh. How can we even say those words? Vayonach bayom hashvi. As if God rested. Says the Arachayim source 14. Kan nishakem Hashem. Hashem in his great wisdom was teaching us the secret of Melech Shabbos by using the word vayonach bayom hashvi. He's going to give two answers. Each one more amazing than the other one. Vayonach bayom hashvi. What does it mean that he rested? Hashem didn't rest. He didn't use any amelus, any sweating, any hard work. So what does it mean that he rested on the seventh day? Says the Arachayim Akadosh. Many times people wonder 
and people are bothered. How is it possible that flipping on a light switch on Shabbos with my with my little finger, with a little finger, that's a malacha doraisa. And if I schlep something across the room, that's mutter. How is that? How is that malacha and not malacha? Not, not malacha? It doesn't go by effort. It goes by halachic definition. Says the Archaim HaKadosh, that's what's being alluded to. It says Hashem rested. Hashem didn't rest from weary work, from toil, because Hashem doesn't have that shayach to Him. So that's the message, says the Archaim HaKadosh. It says that He rested to teach us that Malacha on Shabbos is not defined by toil and effort. It's defined by halachic constructs and definitions of what Malacha is. Learn that from the Mishkan, line 10. Answer number one. Answer number two, says the Arachayim HaKadosh, Od line 12, Kisheshes Yamim Asa Hashem Begomer, Pirish. What does it mean that Hashem created the world in Kisheshes Yamim? Asa Hashem. How do we usually translate that phrase? Hashem, it took him six days to create the world. Says the Arachayim, there's a deeper idea. Hashem created the world only to be existent for six days. When he created the world, it was Koach only for those my separations, and then there was Shabbos. But up until Shabbos, it wasn't that the world was now on autopilot, with a pilot, capital P, but it's autopilot. No, says the Archaim HaKadosh, when Hashem created the world, there was no koach in the world to continue after that, until Shabbos. Once there was Shabbos, once Menucha Shabbos came, that, ironically, gave the power, energized the world to exist for another six days. Every Shabbos, the power of Shabbos for history, for eternity, allows the next six days because it's not that it's, it continues. Vayanach means Hashem stopped creating. He stopped Menucha from Bria. Because there was no more world for next week. Until Shabbos came along. And every single Shabbos gives the Koach for the world to continue to exist. That's Vayas. Right? Because Shabbos makes the world tick. If there was ever a Shabbos that not one Jew was keeping, it works both ways. If the world, if all Jews would keep Shabbos, the Gula would come. If no Jews would keep Shabbos, there would not be Shabbos. The world would cease to exist. Because Shabbos is what keeps the world going. And every time we have Shabbos, it's an unbelievable thought. Then following week is not on the blueprint of creation yet until Shabbos comes. And once there's Shabbos, then Mamela, the world can continue. Lines 17. That's Vayanach. Okay. Just to finish up with a very famous Eben Ezra. I thought I had mentioned it in Yisro Shirim before. I have not. So we have to at least get it on the table. The Eben Ezra could be top five Eben Ezra's in all of Chumash. Maybe even top three. In terms of famous comments of his... And he asked the Kasha, how could God command us not to covet? Lo mode. How could he ask us that? How could he demand that from us? It's so natural. My friend has something nice. I want it. I like it. He has a nicer this. He has a nicer that. Lo mode. Ask the Eben Ezra. Anashim, source 15. Rabim Yismahu, alzosa mitzvah. Eich ye adam shalo yachmod davar yafeh belibo. How? And he gives his marshal. Let's say you have the princess. The princess from the palace that's passing through the villages in the countryside. And the chariots, and she's looking out from amongst, the, from amongst her, her fancy chariot. And there are some paupers. There are some villagers on the street. Would a villager in his right mind in the world of reality think that, oh, I wish I could marry the princess. I wish I could marry the princess. Nobody thinks that. Not in the world of reality. 
It's like says the Ibn Ezra, if a human being, we see a bird, oh, I wish I had wings. Do, do normal human beings think that? I wish I had wings? No. That's a bird and I'm a person. Not shy up to me. That's how we have to look at our lives, says the Ibn Ezra. Whatever we have is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're like the villager. And whatever somebody else has, they're the princess. Whatever we have, be it financial, be it social, be it anything, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu assumes, and that's what Hashem says, this is exactly, these are the children that are best for you. This is your family, this is the money, this is the community, this is everything. That's what the Ebenezer says. And says Rebbe Bessler, expanding on the Ebenezer, do we ever look at our friend and wish what we have, the eye prescription that my friend has? No. Because that's their eyes and this is my eyes. It's just not shy. It's not in the world of reality. Says the Ebenezer, says Rebbe Dessler, that's how we have to look at our lives. Whatever we have, Kaddish Baruch Hu knows what's good for us, what's perfect for us. We know exactly what is best and we have to realize and try to focus on that, uh, on that uh, reality, especially, and I just might add, going back to what we said before, especially like Ramosha Feinstein said, in this generation, post the Shoah, we have to realize our responsibility and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu demands of us. We have to make sure, so that, proves, proves correct and proves fulfilling. Okay, we'll stop here, but next week, we get back to Wednesdays.